wonderful world out there. Welcome to our quality podcast in Mindsight. It's been a week or even more than a week since our latest episode and yeah, here we are back again, back in business. And I'd like to start out with the question, with the usual question, how how have you been during this week? Yassine, my wonderful co-host. <laughs> um, yes, this week's been pretty solid. I think I finally managed to somewhat take control of my um, kind of sleeping cycles. Um, I don't go to sleep anymore at like 2 or 3 a.m. I actually go to sleep a little bit sooner, um, wake up a little bit more like normal people would. Uh, so in that aspect, this week has been quite quite successful for me. <laughs> Um, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, regular sleeping patterns are quite important. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, I've, I've been programming a lot, um, planning a lot of you know side projects for the future. Um, I've started to kind of search more actively for internships uh, in the IT department, also internships in like uh, the law department because you know that's also an option for me for the future. And yes, do you have like that, any favorites until now? Sorry, what do you mean? Like companies? Um, like or? Where, where would you most want to go? And how are the chances to get there? Um, well, I would like to... I think I would like to, first of all, um, do an internship at like a law firm. Um, and like corporate law, stuff like that. Because I'm... No, I don't know. I'm re just really inter interested in that. And kind of um, the combination of law and business and this whole economic thing. So yes, and I think after that, I would like to do an internship in like, you know, IT department as a front-end developer or whatever. And, you know, considering uh, the pandemic is still going on, I hope that it will be possible. Yes. But what about you? How has your week been? Sounds quite reasonable. Yeah, um, for me, this week has been quite successful in the, let's say, social part of my life. Um Concerning sleep, my sleeping pattern was a bit messed up because there was like a New Year's event at the scholarship I'm I'm part of. And yeah, as I said, socially it was quite cool because um, kind of the after party, which took online in uh, a nice program where you could like walk around and get into uh, circles with other people to talk to them. Nice. That networking part of it was quite nice. So I have some new contacts there or like I refurbished my old contacts um yeah there's also like a guy from our old school which you probably still know philip oh uh, right which I talk to. right yeah. and yeah other than that i was uh yeah i also went for a run with a guy who i'm doing homework with like here in munich in english garden and yeah it was quite nice to connect with those people and him so socially it was uh, quite successful i'd say otherwise it was pretty normal and what i also did i finished like a new um piece on the piano which you probably also know it's like from bach toccata and fugue in the minor oh okay and yes i think yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I might know. Yeah, it. you know the the thing that the evil people yes. like play in yes. their um, haunted mansion mm. mansions. Yes. <laughs> Great. Yeah, and 
I guess that also already brings us to the topic of this week, which will be about music, reading and languages. And yeah, what would you like to start out with? Yeah, I think um, I think we both have a pretty unique experience with let's start with music because okay, we're already into it as yeah, yeah. as i as i mentioned in in the episode before that one i i was already always pretty invested in kind of uh, this musical journey as i learned to play the piano by age of five five and a half that's early <laughs> that's pretty early yeah and honestly i i don't really know where it came from as where that wish came from to learn the piano i just I just told my mom I want to learn the piano and that's it. Oh well, so so it came like from you because like with a lot of parents, um, they kind of let's say force their children to learn yeah. an instrument. No, for me, some sort of sports. Yeah, honestly, I I can't remember why that was. Um, also with piano, but also with violin and later with uh, tennis. I just told my mom one day, you know, I want to play the violin. I want to play tennis, and she's like, dude where okay she didn't say dude but she was like where <laughs> where did you even get that idea from because i never really watched you know tennis on tv or i never really watched like violin players or anything i just told my mom one day i want to play it and that's kind of <laughs> so yeah i've been playing the piano for i think 13 years now and the violin for 12 um that's a lot of time yeah it seems like a lot of time but honestly it was and i still enjoyed very much so you know it it never seemed like like work or anything because i've always enjoyed it and it was never it was never seriously an option for for a future career you know it was just something i enjoyed yeah i guess in like the musical sector you have to be uh, really talented yeah i mean if you go to like university or how is it called in english conservatoire or whatever um Con musical conservatory or something yeah exactly um the competition is just extremely fierce like there are children you know 10 year olds who have already won all <laughs> kinds of international competitions and you're yeah it's, it's crazy like there's always without being racist of course there's always some <laughs> uh, 10 year old chinese kid which yes I exceeds you in everything basically yeah but i think it's interesting because it's somewhat part of the chinese culture like this very disciplined sort of upbringing mm -hmm. not only related to music but also related to math or science or whatever uh, parents usually when they see just a little spark of talent in the children in any area they immediately, you know, they double down on it and they discipline their child to like practice 10 hours a day and all that stuff. <laughs> of course, I'm not generalizing, but, you know, yeah, I think it's very much. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's actually generalization what you're doing there. But yeah. <laughs> true. But yeah, may, maybe some of you viewers out there have different experiences. Maybe you are from China. Then, yeah, maybe you also want to like join in on the podcast and we could have a conversation about yeah. Uh, well, Chinese culture and stuff. Because be I'm also quite interested in culture of the East. Yeah, so but yeah, that's a different topic. Yeah, of course. So yeah, that's that's kind of more or less my story. I started playing the piano, the violin. I was, I wasn't, you know, 
still am actually of course now we can't have rehearsals or anything but i'm still am a member of the chamber orchestra of you know our hometown and i was in the school orchestra and the music school orchestra and um, I played the piano in the big band and I was a member of the school choir for a few years and I was just very You're invested. quite invested. Yeah, very invested. But, you know, not because I wanted to do it professionally or anything. I just really enjoyed it and it was just and is still so much fun. But, mm. yeah, as I said, it never was a serious, like, professional goal of mine. Not only because of the competition, but I think music and playing instruments is just something so intimate to me and personal that i don't necessarily want to depend on it financially you know i think i would just yeah, lose sure. all my passion for it but enough of me <laughs> now i would like to talk about your journey of music because i <laughs> i think your journey may be a little bit more you know interesting in certain aspects yeah i guess so because like for me there has been like le let's say there are two parts of my life like the one where music wasn't part of my life and uh the one since uh, which music has been part of my life which has been like the past half a year or something or like yeah um well distinctive distinctively i remember like a time in uh, fifth grade or something Where, where our teacher like asked us um, whether we could live without music. She wanted to introduce like the topic of film music and all of that stuff. And I distinctively remember like sitting in the classroom and thinking, well, actually, I'm not playing an instrument. I'm, well, not really having that much contact with music. Why? Why? why would I even need music to live with? And so I raised my hand and said, no, I, I would be able to live without I, music. I remember that. <laughs> I remember Which, that. Yes, it was pretty, pretty savage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Well, well, I guess it's... Um, yeah, from then on, I guess, uh, my musical interest also did not develop yet. Um, sometime in eighth grade or so i thought oh playing the um what's it called the drums like uh is there a specific english word for that i think well i think it's the drums yeah. yes yeah okay um yeah i thought that would be a cool idea but well it wasn't that much for me so i dropped it again after half a year or something and yeah <laughs> um yeah basically i i until like um half a year ago or like a year ago i didn't have that much contact with music i guess well in in ninth grade i'd say <laughs> girls were kind of becoming important <laughs> and there's like this uh this usual question of oh what are you listening to yes like which which type of music and then i thought oh yeah it, i might it might be like important to get some something down there because previously i only had been exposed to that uh german schlager thing because my dad really <laughs> was into it that <laughs> oh god i think it's really horrible but yes um yeah i don't know maybe maybe some of you out there can like uh yeah do like know that uh 
term Schlager because it's <laughs> I think for the young people in Germany it's like the most horrible thing yes, to definitely. Have, having to listen to. You guys can Google it or you know searches on YouTube. You will one hundred percent regret it. <laughs> I can promise you <laughs> that. It's terrible. Yes. Yeah, and from then on, I think my musical interest like slowly shifted from that pop music aspect which I was getting into because of the girls <laughs> to classical music and uh, yeah, especially like piano solos and stuff. Um, and like I, I also remember a time where I was listening to some crazy Chopin etude <laughs> and I thought damn it'd be so cool if i could play that <laughs> like if somebody walked up to you and asked you whether you can play the piano and you like drop one of those amazing pieces <laughs> that 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 would like be such a huge ego boost and stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah and then reflecting more about it i thought well old people usually tend to say i wish i had learned an instrument when i was younger and At the time, I was, I think, yeah, I was still 18 or something. And I thought, I've, now you, after your A-levels, it was after my A-levels too. Now you still have like uh, two months or three months of free time. Like the most free time you'll ever have again in your life. So <laughs> fuck it, I'll start now. I get myself a piano. And yeah, since then, I'm, I've been invested into. <laughs> He has made amazing progress just to Oh yeah, I'm, I'm also teaching it myself. That's <laughs> probably making it a little more complicated. But yeah, but amazing progress. Like suffering, but you know, it's been as you said like six months around that, but you know, your progress is just amazing. Like it's it's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Um but um it's interesting you said that kind of what sparked this interest in hey, I I think I got a I gotta be more diverse, have a bit of interest in music. You know, people are asking, what are you listening to? And all I can say is, uh, to the sounds of the universe, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so it's interesting because you said kind of that sparked your interest, kind of this question, maybe the stating and girls aspect, yes. but also this idea of, man, I don't want to regret it. Like, I have the time, I have the possibilities. Oh, yes, that's Why like the usual learn? rule I live by. Like, um, I, I usually tend to think, like, when, when I'm on my deathbed, um, or like, like, usually when I have to make a decision um, where there are several options, then I think uh, about it, like, in the sense of when I'm on my deathbed, which decision will make the greatest story? Yes. And so... <laughs> it kind of was a self uh, self evident thing to start it. Yeah, it's it's start a learning. great way to to think about it because um, I don't know. I think we tend to kind of underestimate, oh no, overestimate the time we actually have, and it's always oh. this. Oh man, I, I will start. You know, I will start when I'm 30, when I'm done studying, when I have a stable job or whatever. You know, first of all, you to not have the guarantee that you will actually survive until 30. You know, maybe you get in a car accident, God forbid, and you die at 28. Oh, and mm -hmm. also, it's just this, you know, why constant, if you're constantly procrastinating on the things you actually want to learn, and if you're 
constantly like, oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to start next week. I'm going to start uh, in half a year. I'm going to start next semester. It's always, you know, it's never going to happen. It's never yes, going to happen. Yes. You, you need to start now and like start out small because then, yes. yes you can build it into a bigger habit and uh, what's funny is that like today i worked through my philosophy script and it was also like about death and how death affects the meaning in our lives and yeah basically um the 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 conclusion we had there is like the only reason why death or why we fear death is because we are not getting to finish our our projects in life we get are not getting to fulfill our desires And so not acting upon your desires, like not uh, wanting, uh, like if you want to learn the piano and then you don't learn it, then that's, I don't know, basically that's like giving up your desire. That's making, let's say, death a more reasonable option. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yes. You want to finish like your projects before you die. So start now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, but it's also um what you now refer to it's kind of this i think people should start to think about you know all the stuff they want to do all the desires they have and it's sort of you know what am i actually doing in the time i'm not you know practicing the piano like if i'm if i say i want to learn the piano and i will um, I would do it for half an hour every single day, for example, you know, if you have the time. then yeah. And people are like, oh man, I don't have the time because, you know, I got school going on and many, maybe I, you know, I got a job and I also want to socialize and all that stuff. Man, okay, that's great. But, you know, what are you actually doing in that half an hour? You're probably most likely spending it on social media, on Netflix, on whatever, on YouTube. You know, just take that half an hour of youtube or social media and yeah. practice piano yeah. instead you know and half That's... a year from now or one year from now you're gonna stand there knowing how to play the piano you know reasonably reasonably well yes, and all the like other an amazing people. feeling <laughs> yes and all the other people will just be there like oh man i wish i i did that too or i wish i started sooner mm. you know i and i you know i don't want to sound like I've got it all figured out because I definitely don't. <laughs> we we don't we we don't do that here, no. <laughs> no, definitely not. But it's a journey, a long yeah, journey. But it's something that I really try to more actively implement into my own life as well, to kind of be more be more conscious about how I spend my time and mm. you know where can I where I can cut back. Because you know, it's okay to from time to time to just watch some YouTube, some Netflix, you know, you need leisure time if you want to be, you know, in the game for the long run and not just, sure. you know, working <laughs> crazy hours. Exactly. But also you have to kind of realize, okay, do I really need to watch an entire season or is it enough, you know, to watch one episode, maybe two if I have the time and dedicate the rest of my time to actually productive things that will in the long term make me way happier and way more content with the way I was spending my time. So, yeah. I fully agree, agree on that. That's like also basically a kind of the conclusion from our last podcast, I think. Yes. Like <laughs> at this uh, social media thing. So I guess thanks for bringing it up. Um, but I'd rather get back on track with our topic of music now. Yes. Um, and like a thing that is uh, particularly interests me is like, 
what what are the benefits that you have been like gaining over the past 10 years of playing instruments that's have you met any cool people or is it more like i don't know you can type on the keyboard quicker than me <laughs> or <laughs> uh that's definitely part of it no but i yeah i definitely met you know a lot of interesting people a lot of amazingly talented people who've you know these kind of child prodigies who really <laughs> win international competitions and you know just oh, amazing man. amazing people um like amazing just in the sense that they are talented or like also their character because like in when you're studying physics there are like those super talented people but they are usually kind of unsocial nerds <laughs> which you <laughs> have difficulties interacting with but Yes. Yeah, how how is it like in your field? No, uh, the vast majority, I would say, of people I've met um, are, you know, pretty amazing from both aspects, both from, you know, a personal character aspect and also, you know, just their talent and their dedication <laughs> is amazing. It's just mind-blowing. Um, but, you know, apart from that, you know, apart from sort of the social aspect, I think music and playing instruments has really I think it's it has got me through a lot of sort of dark times. You know, it was always a way for me to sort of express my feelings because I for a very long period of time I hated talking about feelings. Like I I disgusted feelings and <laughs> I never wanted to talk about it, you know, openly with someone. So music was always kind of kind of meditative just a for me to express my feelings to deal with mm. certain things going on in my life or like to i don't know calm down like yes get grounded again from all the stress in your definitely, life definitely definitely <laughs> and if you're angry like playing Rachmaninoff <laughs> in g minor or yes. something <laughs> really angry <laughs> yeah it's really it's a it is and was a great way for me to sort of express all of that you know without having necessarily the risk of hurting someone with my words mm. or with my actions <laughs> just your piano just my piano you know <laughs> just the keys or the violin you know only they know how much they have suffered because of me <laughs> yes, yes but yeah it all was always strings that have been broken <laughs> yeah oh man i did i did once actually <laughs> on my piano on my violin yeah i did once like by accident or i I like to think it was an accident, but <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually the day before a concert. I broke like mm. my A string, and I had to to get someone to to replace it last minute. So yeah, it was pretty. Fun. Almost seems like you sabotaged yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but how how has it been for you? Because as you said, you weren't always that into music. How has music sort of changed your life oh well i think the biggest point of it is that i appreciate like all the mus musicians out there so much more like um let's let's take opera or something uh, something similar for example like if you're not if you're not into like this circle of people who are enjoying it you don't understand why you would enjoy it and what it is all about and Yeah, I think that that led me to appreciate this whole music thing out there even more and like this whole field of composing music because 
Uh, only now I'm realizing, uh, like, I, I already knew that it was difficult to compose something because people can make, like, a living of it. But only now I, like, realized how difficult it really is and, yeah, I've, uh, how much sweat and effort and, yeah, dedication is involved to get good on playing an instrument and composing things. So I think that's, the like, the biggest point. It's, like, you... you I think it's like some general education, educational thing there for me, yes. <laughs> where you discover like a new area of life, which you've been previously blind to. Yes, it, it has definitely been very similar with like programming and coding for me, because when I started, when I sort of decided, okay, I want to learn how to program, I you know want to design apps and websites and whatever, uh, I thought, you know, I, I think I will get there in like, a month <laughs> that was my initial thought and you know mm. once you start and that is very yeah and once you start and get <laughs> really into it and realize man there's so many technologies and so many different i don't know it's just way more complicated than i originally anticipated yeah i mean there are millions of people working on it daily so yes and with time i sort of also you know gained a lot more appreciation for programmers for all the people in the it industry because you know and i'm i have even chosen a sort of area which is pretty simple in, in a certain way like front-end development um is definitely on the simpler side of programming and coding it's not like ai and machine learning and neural <laughs> networks and all that stuff but yeah, you learn just to appreciate a lot more and to not be so sort of arrogant going into new areas. Oh, yes. Yeah, you you start out really small when you do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's like this uh, Dunning-Kruger effect thing. Yeah. Like dumb people overestimate their uh, like capabilities and their knowledge whereas like if you're like getting into something and learning it you realize very quickly yes. <laughs> how dumb you actually are and like at the expert side you it kind of gets back up to knowing that you know a lot about a topic <laughs> yeah definitely but it takes a yeah. lot of time and effort like if you're talking yeah, there's like this years this thumb rule if you want to master something you have to invest like 10 years of your life yes it. so yeah interesting interesting stuff <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah um we could actually go on now i think we talked about music now quite a bit i think what's also interesting is languages because again we come i think from from quite different perspectives when it comes to languages in in, in certain why, ways why do you think that i think as you know but you know our listeners probably don't uh, i grew up bilingual or actually you know oh, if, you, if you're really precise actually trilingual even <laughs> if that exists <laughs> um because i grew up you know um talking german then i learned romanian from my mother uh sort of more by hearing you know and also when we lived at my grandma's uh i learned you know you know the foundation of of turkish like i could communicate with the kids because as you know in our hometown there's kind of this uh this area where only turkish people live <laughs> and mm. 
uh, <laughs> I, I grew up there for a few years and I was kind of forced to, to learn it. Um, but after some time, you know, I maybe more or less consciously, I sort of decided to, I think, sort of distance myself from the Turkish culture. And that's why I stopped, you know, talking Turkish and I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> and <laughs> as we moved out of my grandma's into, you know, a new uh, part of the city, I didn't have to talk Turkish and I just kind of, yeah, kind of for, forgot it by purpose in a certain, in a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but... So nowadays, are you still able to talk in Turkish or like... No, not really. Okay. I understand like really basic stuff. Like, you know, mm -hmm. get me the bread or how are you doing? Or, you know, basic stuff. I get it and I yeah, sort of know how to respond to it if I if I need to. But <laughs> um, it's actually funny when we went to Istanbul last last year, I think, in summer mm -hmm. to my aunt. She was nonstop. Oh, she, she only knows Turkish and a little bit of English, mm -hmm. like really just basic stuff. Hello and yes. And she was always trying to, to talk to me in Turkish as if, you know, the more she talked to me, suddenly I would just remember <laughs> everything. And I Yeah, was, I mean, like when you're growing up as a child, it actually like functions that way. But yeah. the older you get, like your brain, uh, actually like the structure of your brain changes in a way where it is um, so much more difficult to learn languages. I think it's like about at the age of 12 or something, because there have been like... Uh, really like miserable cases of children kept in captivity since they were born and yes. not being talked to and they have they basically can't learn a language anymore yeah <laughs> and so yeah i guess your the attempts of your aunt were kind of futile there yeah it was it was always funny she was trying to tell me all, all kind of stories and she was showing me pictures of you know people i've never seen in my life but she was like this is your aunt and this is your other aunt and this is your cousin from this aunt and i'm like whoa <laughs> shit what <laughs> yeah my aunt was such a huge family <laughs> yeah it's it's actually crazy i have no overview over my whole family like th there's just no way i feel like i don't know probably like 70 percent of them i just don't know <laughs> i've never heard of them but yes yeah. yes but i wanted what i actually wanted to say with all that stuff uh, is not that oh look at me i'm bilingual or whatever um I think, you know, you growing up, as, as far as I know, uh, learning, quote unquote, only German, you know, growing yes. up only German. Well, you could kind of differentiate that too, because like there's the that formal kind of German you're yes. learning at school where, yeah, basically you can easily communicate with everyone in Germany and um, Austria and also parts of Switzerland, I guess. <laughs> and... Then there's like uh, this Bavarian accent thing, <laughs> which is really which funny. might be kind of difficult to understand for like, uh, yeah, <laughs> many parts of Germany. And like I grew up with that, actually. And the really formal German I only learned in school, which, yeah. Interesting. Okay. I, Probably I nowadays you don't even notice anymore. That, yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I have that big of an accent or something. No. Do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, this guy I, I don't want to say his name because i didn't ask him if he if he's okay with that but you know this guy from our class who had this bavarian very strong bavarian accent i think Is it like the guy from my town 
Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, I mean, nobody will be able to connect the points, but yeah, let's not mention <laughs> any random names here. Um, In the beginning, it was yes, so yes. hard for me to understand him. Like I, I was just <laughs> what? Like I heard. Well, of for me, it was actually wasn't like hard at all, and I actually thought it wasn't even true, like Bavarian. <laughs> no, oh man, I, I, yeah. when he came to our class and I, you know, he talked in class and everything, I was like, how. I mean, I got it, the basic idea of what he was saying, mm -hmm. but I could not, like, transcribe the words he was using. I had no idea. That was, <laughs> for me, it was such a strong accent until, you know, I got used to it. And now, you know, when someone talks to me in kind of this Bavarian accent, I don't have any problems. Like, I'm just used to it. But he was the mm -hmm. first person, um, I don't know, I've ever heard, like, consciously, man, this guy talks <laughs> German, but somehow it's not German. <laughs> <laughs> what's going yeah, on that's funny. yeah like in elementary school it was kind of i was okay with not talking how i grew up and like talking very formally but i also questioned myself like why are those teachers always insisting that you are not that you should not talk like that yes <laughs> and nowadays they even consider it a kind of a little yeah let's say let's say sad because like so much tradition is getting lost because people only grow up with the formal German, the Hochdeutsch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually re read somewhere that people who have learned a language in a certain dialect or with certain accent actually have it easier to learn new languages for some reason. Actually quite okay. interesting. So I don't know, forcing you know children to adopt this formal German, I know it's just counterproductive. I, I don't really get it. I mean, yeah, so much tradition is getting lost. <laughs> I, yeah. I also don't quite get it, but yes, I guess in certain circles of people, you should be able to speak formally, let's say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, you're meeting the chancellor tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, what I actually also want to ask you um, related to, to languages, um, you are definitely very very talented and very fast when it comes to learning languages well yeah one could say so i guess definitely. with your theory there <laughs> that it's kind of <laughs> that it's kind of connected with gr growing up with like this different german accent maybe that's playing part of the role there but yeah i well basically until fifth grade i didn't come into contact with any uh, like foreign languages just well, then we started learning English and in sixth, sixth grade I chose like uh, French to also learn that. And I don't know, languages have already always kind of been uh, yeah, fun to me. In English it kind of started out a little difficult at first. <laughs> I, I, I had like, let's say, medium grades or something, but yeah, until the end of high school. And like with contact uh, with all that, uh, like contact with social media, it quickly, yeah, improved, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's, it's really like... That's also like an advice for all the people out there. I give them, um, listen to mo movies in English, read books in English. That's helping you so much. Definitely. Yeah, you kind of, you know, the English or any language really you learn at school, you know, it's very... It's it's not really 
how real you know english people or french people talk it's very yeah yep. i don't know how to explain but you know es what i mean especially especially french people yeah like i i had uh, i was on a like a school exchange where i had an exchange partner and where i was like at france and like the colloquial uh the colloquial fr uh, french of all the youths out there that's so different from the formal thing <laughs> yeah. you can't imagine they are like i don't know there's like this weird thing where they are i don't uh, i think pronouncing words backwards <laughs> yeah in, in yeah, french it's, it's very long i think yes where it's yes, kind yes. of this strange suburban i think suburban phenomenon yeah. <laughs> it's very very funny yeah it's, it's very interesting no but it's it's strange because at school when you learn french for example it's very, you know, strict and every little grammatical error is, is corrected and every sentence has to be perfect and blah, blah, blah. And then yes, yes. I think the first time we actually heard a sort of different way of talking French is when Mark came yes. to our hometown. <laughs> uh, for those... He, he was like an exchange partner yeah. of uh, one of the guys in our class and... Like until nowadays, he's like a really good friend of mine. I'd say, yeah, he's 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 a great guy, and this mm. was the first time when I think maybe we can get him on the podcast. Oh, that would be <laughs> great. I don't know if he actually likes to talk English that much. I don't know if he's a well, fan, but we can let's we can do a ask. French episode oh, then. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> my French is terrible. I haven't talked French in like man a long time, like a year. It's terrible. No, but um, when Mark came, he sort of showed all of us like, okay, this is the way to talk. Like, we are not, <laughs> we don't care so much about grammar and, you know, the perfect vocabulary. They were just, yeah, very, it was very interesting to see. Like in, in French class, he would always, when he was talking, it just seemed so... I know so effortless and he wasn't yes, he made yes he sort of made grammatical errors but they weren't really grammatical errors they were just it wasn't it was we, we weren't used to hearing french talked mm. in a you know normal way <laughs> not like in, in the textbooks yeah yeah when when i actually came back from my uh, exchange i was like uh, on a french island for three months like in the indian ocean <laughs> which is still part of france which was quite funny but that's another story um when i came back like uh, my french had improved so much like w when i was back in the classroom i it, it was like a whole new experience for me because people were struggling with I, I, people were like bound to the strict form of speaking and they were struggling yes. to bring across their points <laughs> and for me it was i don't know i've been used to it for the past three months and it was just natural to me then even yeah the thing is you know you were you were great at french before the exchange but yes, <laughs> after you yeah. did the exchange you came back man it was like talking to a to a you know to someone who has lived in france for all his life basically <laughs> it was amazing yes progress. yes yes uh, people used to say like that my accent my french uh, like my german accent when i'm speaking french is like just really minute like can't really notice that anymore but nowadays i guess it's a bit different again but there has been like a really interesting experience which i made when i was in france um like two weeks or so after i was there i 
I I was basically like forced the whole two weeks to speak in in yeah French because like not everybody there at the school or like especially like the family of my exchange partner they didn't know English they didn't know any German they basically just spoke French or like that island accent there which was also like <laughs> a big struggle for me so I was exposed to French like for two weeks consistently using it and. Then something funny happened to me. Like in English class there at the school in France, I didn't know how to speak English anymore. <laughs> Because whenever I was thinking like about an expression, a word or something, only the French thing came to my mind. And I was struggling so hard to speak English again. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of also terrifying because my English was quite good. And when I <laughs> also when I came back, it was like for one or two months, I Only the French words came to my mind, but not the English ones. My brain really messed with me there. That's cool. Yeah, I think our French teacher then asked you after after you came back from the exchange. She was like, "Okay, did you actually start dreaming in French?" <laughs> I think she asked you that, I, and you were like, ah, "I don't possible, know." Possible, I, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, but it's it, it's funny because. <laughs> um, It was yeah, so much about like languages changing your brain structure yeah. and stuff. And that was re like really surprising to me. Yeah. I think for a few <laughs> weeks after she she asked you that, I I never thought about this question. Like, in what language am I dreaming? I don't know. I don't care. But then for a few True, weeks, but nowadays, yeah. I actually started paying attention and it was very interesting. But I, I can't really remember. I mean, I probably dreamt some English, some. Romanian, some German. I think I never actually dreamt in French, which is, you know, quite sad. <laughs> I, I would <laughs> like to, I like to have a discussion in French in my dreams. But, um, yeah. but it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how a language completely can completely change the way you think and dream and your subconscious. Basically, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Let's see yeah. what we've got here. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I think we also want to talk about, you know, <laughs> our uh, <laughs> our hopefully soon-to-be sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. The, the small little green bird. Exactly. That's knocking on your door if you're not learning your language. Yeah, yes. Duolingo. Oh, my God. Duolingo it is. I actually, yeah, I think Dolingo hates me now because um, I've broken uh, my strike on Dolingo. You know, I had like 61 days and then well, I... Well, did, didn't you have like this streak saver thing? Yeah, but the thing is, I I, I think I missed two days without oh, noticing. And now my strike is lost and my motivation is also <laughs> pretty down yeah it's that that's what i was fearing all the time like if you lose your streak th the streak is kind of the only thing that's keeping me at it yes no, but actually, <laughs> if you lose your streak you lose your motivation i i think i talked in episode zero about that i'm actually you know more or less actively looking for someone who's you know fluent in italian or native speaker mm. Uh, with whom I can just talk on the phone and he teaches me some Italian. I can teach him some German or English if he wants or she wants. Yeah, that's like this tandem principle of yeah. languages. I think it's way more way more efficient than, you know, Duolingo is mm. great. I think especially for the beginning to sort of get a feel for the language. 
But I think long term, I, I think after like two months, you can easily just start talking to someone, basic phrases, they can teach you stuff. And I think with that, you don't have this danger we have in sort of the school system where, yeah, you, you have to be perfect grammatically and your vocabulary has yeah. to be on point all the time. And that kind of makes you proceed uh, way quicker. Yes, than usual. definitely. And you learn, you know, how's the language actually spoken, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of phrases are people using, you know, that you may not find in any vocabulary book at school. Um, and you just get a way more intimate feel for, for the language. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to do that. But, yeah. Yeah, so we'll like, see. then my question would be, why are you learning Italian with Duolingo? Uh, and why are you not getting out there and going on one of those amazing websites where you probably can find such a partner, such a yeah correspondent le letter yeah. writer thing there? Um, what, I don't know what's the name in English. <laughs> to the first question, why am I learning Italian? So <laughs> I think you can sort of that guess was not the first question, the but that was <laughs> um, you, you can sort yeah. of sort of guess the answer. Um, I, when I was 16, my, my father mm. came back from work and he was like, man, we gotta watch this movie together tonight. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And I was yeah, like, what? Epic movie. Yeah. I was like, what's, <laughs> what's the movie about? Like, what is it? And he was like, it's called The Godfather. And it's about the sort of mafia family in New York in, in, in the 1950s or as like man it's probably you know one of those old boring movie movies like black and white um just i don't know i i wasn't impressed i was like yeah my god i i i will watch it with him because he seemed just so excited and was like, we have to watch it <laughs> i was like okay sure let's let's watch it man and i fell in love like the godfather <laughs> is on the top it's, it's just my absolute favorite movie and that's can, why can you like tell us why 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 is it that it, impactful it's it's really i think what i really like and i actually wrote uh, my seminar paper <laughs> about <laughs> the godfather it's sort of a okay apart from you know the amazing acting the amazing cast like madame brando and al pacino and all those guys the absolutely marvelous music and oh, just yeah. that's you know, the first piece on the piano i learned yeah it's and you the, know like the main theme of mm -hmm. the godfather yeah it's just so amazing and uh just this whole the whole vibe the sort of cinematic feel of this movie are just so amazingly well done <laughs> and you know apart from that that's sort of the vibe but i think i really like you know the values um the values sort of the movie is more or less trying to represent yeah, like, like family. Like mainly family, yes. Yeah, family, the importance of family and your loyalty. And I, it just resonated with me so deeply that ever since I I could watch the movie every single day and I wouldn't be bored. <laughs> and it's very hard for me to watch a movie more Well, I, I hope you didn't adapt those uh, questionable parts <laughs> of being part, leader of a mafia clan family clan. no no actually it was funny when i uh you know in germany at the end of uh or in 12th grade you have to sort of um have a little presentation about your seminar paper 
And when I had that presentation, my teacher was asking me, you know, would you would you join the mafia? <laughs> like <laughs> that was his question. And I actually sat there or stood there and was like, hmm. I was like, no, probably You'd not. Find your own. <laughs> not my own. <laughs> no, yeah. I was like, probably not, but I just I think the sort of values um the author and the director made the mafia sort of represent in this whole mm. saga it's just it just resonates with people and i think that's why uh, the mafia is oftentimes sort of romanticized and portrayed as this you know family and loyalty and yeah, uh, all yeah. that great stuff but uh, just to mention it we are like differentiating between the movie which is of like course. romanticized and the real world because like in the real world <laughs> There are shady things going on, <laughs> which yeah, we probably both w wouldn't want to be part of. <laughs> no, definitely not. But I think um, that's what made and maybe still does make the mafia so so attractive to a lot of people. So the values they're more or less representing in this whole, you know, mm. these alpha guys and uh, driving around in their black cars and always in suits. Yeah, this mysterious. Yeah, very like, mysterious. Very powerful. Have a lot of money and a lot of influence. <laughs> sort of, you know, sort of moving in the shadows. Nobody really knows them. It's it's very attractive to people, but of course the reality is quite a bit different <laughs> and I, I would never be a part of something like that but yes so, that's yeah. where sort of my motivation my uh, love for Italy I think came from but I, I've always loved Italy but I think with that movie it was really just I need to learn Italian I have to <laughs> and <laughs> also Italian is pretty similar to Romanian and mm -hmm. that's why I was like okay it's not yeah but I guess also to English and to German and to French. So you yeah. basically have like yeah. a lot of points from where you can start off, I guess. Yeah, it's really not that it. hard. Like when I mm. try to talk in Italian, it's sort of like, I, it's sort of like my Scusi. brain, <laughs> yes, <'cause laughs> my brain is, my brain wants to talk in Romanian and I just force myself mm. to just modify the words a bit. And it's basically almost Italian, almost, <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, that's where that sort of came from. But I don't. I think I think a few people know now. You are learning Spanish. Well, we wait before before that. I want I want okay. to ask you like which sure. why why did you start sixty days ago or like why what made you what initiated you to start it now? Um. So originally, I don't know if you know him. Uh, he's a YouTuber, Nathaniel mm -hmm. Drew. Um, okay uh and he did uh, like this challenge i think a year ago where he tried to learn italian in seven days and he well, actually did motivated. great yeah he did great like at the end of those seven days he invited like a native italian speaker and just mm -hmm. sort of had a conversation with him and you know it was just so impressive and you know yeah there are those really impressive guys out there who like can learn a language on like a really good level in just two weeks and which can like speak 50 languages or something <laughs> yeah that that's that's quite impressive yeah and it sort of motivated me because you know i all i also had you know 
still have the sort of excuse, you know, I don't have time, you know, I want to spend uh, this half an hour. Otherwise, I don't want to learn a language. Yeah. Come Usually on. when we're telling ourselves that we're kind of, yeah, let's say we are bullshitting ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And when I watched this uh, video, I was like, okay, man, it's actually, it's possible. It's really, it was just really motivating. And he used a completely unexpected approach like he didn't you know use duolingo or whatever he he uh, printed out the 1000 most used words in italian you mm -hmm. know for which there are lists on the internet and he started to started to go through those and start to learn about how sentences are structured and you know the basic of grammar um yeah not all this crazy stuff like in French, like subjunctif, uh, was weiß ich nicht. Oh, sorry, German. <laughs> and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, we're getting into it. Um, which, you know, you may need. And I actually think French people use uh, subjunctif quite a lot. But yeah, no, no they actually, they actually don't think about it when they use it. It's yeah. like natural to them. Just like, uh, I don't know, English people are speaking English. We are speaking German. That's You don't think about the, that stuff. Yeah, but he was just focusing on the basics, like present tense and past tense mm. and future tense, and yep. that was it. And although in Italian That's there are like what you need for normal conversations, I yeah. Guess. Although in Italian there are like a lot of different forms of present, no, I, yeah, of present tense, of past tense. There are just a lot of different forms. He just focused mm. on the main stuff, and he learned the main vocabulary, um, the top verbs, the top adjectives, and all that stuff. And what he did. What was quite interesting was that he took, I think, two days where he was basically just consuming Italian content like crazy, like music, podcasts, videos, all that stuff, Netflix shows. He was just consuming mm. the language so much that at some point it almost became intuitive how to form sentences yeah. and how to talk. And that just motivated That's me. That's what I also like about languages. You have to expose yourself to speakers and to books and don't start out with grammar and yeah, <laughs> yeah. the usual approach this the usual approach from school yeah and that's why i sort mm -hmm. of refused to start with duolingo initially yeah because i was like i actually after i watched the video i printed out the list you know with the mm -hmm. top thousand words and i was like marking the verbs and i, I was trying to learn it and all that stuff and it went great for like a week <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, okay, man, that's actually... But I guess it's difficult to kind of see where, where you made progress. Yes. It's yeah. hard to measure your progress there. That was a big part of it probably. And, you know, I, I went into it like without planning. I just started. And, you know, in many situations, it's good, it's good to actually just start and just, you know, just do. But in I think when it comes to learning a language, it's actually better to you know take some time not like three months but take some time to sort of plan uh how you want to start uh mm. how you know how you make sure that and you have the consistency. basics and consistency of course <laughs> and you know I, I sort of um it was like on and off for me i started um doing this for one week and then i went back after some time and uh looked at the vocabulary watched some videos in italian and all this stuff but it was never really consistent. Um, it was just like short 
bursts of motivation like oh man uh, today is saturday i don't have any exams next week I, i'm gonna learn italian <laughs> today in eight hours mm. yo it doesn't really do much um so, yeah, so it's more like having small packets of information and like repeating them with spaced repetition or something yeah <laughs> definitely and coming back to them repeatedly yeah I'm, yeah I'm making a very short story way too long the point is i after my n levels i was like okay i have time now i really have time now like i have absolutely no excuses um i'm just mm. gonna start uh with duolingo you know just something to sort of give me the momentum and force me to do it consistently which now i failed at <laughs> but <laughs> but you know at least i did but it i hope you came back can get back into it yeah of course and what do you need like a, an accountability partner that kicks your ass yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yes but yeah, I, i will get back into it and i will actually start to look for someone who who can talk with me you know that's sort of like the perfect accountability partner who forces you yeah yeah definitely especially also like now nowadays where you're like socially not that interactive with others staying at home lockdown and stuff yeah. it might be quite nice to have social contacts especially from another culture yeah definitely and i mean i don't know how what you would have done after your a levels probably also travel around a little and yeah. maybe you you can catch up like that And actually, what I coaches. what I did when we went to uh, to Italy last year, during mm. a time where you know it was pretty calm and you could actually travel a bit, yeah. um, we we stopped by San Marino, and there was a guy at a oh, shop. Yes, that like little enclave country thing. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> it, it amazing. It's just my micro country. Mm. Yeah, and we went there, and there was a little shop. Uh, where they sh sold like leather stuff you know leather bags leather jackets and uh, all that stuff and there was a guy there and we actually talked for like half an hour just talking back and forth and blah blah, blah. and he was like you know when when you came here i actually because he started talking to me in italian and i was like why why did you start in italian like can't you see i'm not italian <laughs> um no i wasn't like that but i was like yo uh he was like man i i really thought you were italian it's sort of again i I don't know why it just gave me sort of motivation burst and i was like okay you know what i will come back to san marino next year you know thinking mm. i will have my driver's license and all that stuff and maybe it will calm down with the pandemic i was like i will i will come back next year And we're only gonna talk in Italian, and that's sort of <laughs> yes, that's sort of my accountability partner. But yeah, that that's <laughs> yeah, kind of in the long term, I guess. Yeah, what you mentioned—that's kind of a really good way to get people motivated, give them a reputation to live up to. Yes, yeah, I I, I was, I don't know why I was just really proud or really happy that he said that. Like, you look Italian. I was like, yes. <laughs> now was, you have to live up to that i was waiting for the image yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if you want we can like talk about a little bit of my spanish experience now of course yeah because yeah i i thought like um during during my a levels during that uh time in the last two years of my school i kind of neglected all of my interests for the sake of my grades which in red uh retrospective uh view is not 
has not been the best decision of my life. Well, yeah. So I, I thought about after my A-levels, I really want to discover my interests. I really want to get into as many other things as possible. That's why I started with the piano. And I also thought I want to learn a new language because languages are what like connect people where you can interact with others. And I really didn't have a plan on what to learn. So I thought, okay, which which are the most countries that you can like visit if you have that lang if you learn that language? And I already spoke French and I already spoke English. So well, I, I thought about um Arabic, which is <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> Oh, which man. would be pretty hard, Very which hard. would consume a lot of time and um, nothing against you uh, out there, guys. But I'm not that interested in like that um, Middle Eastern culture thing, I'd say. So <laughs> so I thought, thought about it and I already learned English. I already learned um, French. I already had German experience. So maybe something again in the like European uh Mediterranean area so it well was self-evident that I choose Spanish because yeah especially all the southern American countries there are lots of opportunities where you could basically go with that even though like accents and stuff differ but yeah um then I thought about well how do I learn it from school I was like also used to the usual approach with grammar and different exercises and stuff and i knew that was so much effort that would be so much effort if i uh, like searched out all that information myself all the grammar rules maybe buy even a, a spanish learning book something something of that sort and i i really wasn't that motivated <laughs> to to invest that much of my time and that much of my like willpower so um, so I said, my, said to myself, yeah, I guess let's try out the language learning app. And Duolingo was like, yeah, everybody knows that one. By the way, guys, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> it would uh, be yeah, so we were funny. Not again. No, it would yeah. be so funny. One day, one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think it was even yesterday that I now reached my 200 day streak. Oh, that's <laughs> sorry amazing. for for demotivating you. Great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really about consistency and that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, and maybe uh, I, I guess some of the viewers could be interested in my experiences there. I also plan on writing a pod, uh, blog post about it after a year of learning it. But yeah, what what I well like about Dueling is basically that it's kind of effortless. You just go into the app fifteen minutes or thirty minutes a day. And you like get your exercises readily prepared. You don't have to think about much. You can basically do it in the subway or on your way to work, or wherever you work, wherever you go. And that made it like really convenient for me. And also like that whole system of Duolingo, which kind of tries to keep you at it with the streaks, for example, yeah. like with those with that league system they have, where you like. Um, level up in the league the more xp you get yeah. and stuff um that that was like new to me and i think it really helped me out in the long run with 
persistency and sticking to it for every day for 200 days now <laughs> um but yeah what we already mentioned what i'm really missing out on is i guess having uh, people speak in more than like one sentence to me they, mm. i think they also have like a podcast uh, on spotify like duolingo where you can listen to people discussing a topic and stuff but I, I'd really love if that would, be, would become a, uh, if that became part of the app. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And also, I'm not that happy with like the grammar thing because they are they are basically doing this whole intuitive approach of learning a language. But I, I think you definitely still, nevertheless, need a basic understanding of grammar. Sure, but I and think in Duolingo there are. Aren't there like this notes section, whatever it's called, where they sort of summarize the grammar for each chapter? I think that differs from language to language because okay. um, until recently in Spanish, for example, there only has been like before each different kind of exercise there, um, you had the option to click on like a tips um, page where or hint page or um where they explain kind of the grammar that was trained in that section and yeah, exactly. as it wasn't like uh necessary for you to look into that <laughs> i naturally didn't do it <laughs> um yeah. so but what kind of changed my mind a bit now is that they in, in spanish they added like those grammar sections where you specifically train to the, the grammar and how you apply it and stuff mm -hmm. so at least for spanish for me it's quite a good option now yeah, That's and cool. I might continue it like for the other 165 days or whatever <laughs> yeah. is is left over, and then I might move on to a new language which isn't out of the you know, like European area, maybe something like uh, Russian, Chinese, or oh, Japanese man. or something. <laughs> Russian is hard. I mean, oh man, it's it's really. I want to learn Russian for you know maybe a few days, and then I realized <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> not gonna <laughs> start with that i will start with italian maybe mm. maybe after that i'm not quite sure yet i i want to move either to spanish or to greek i really i really love greek and how it sounds and maybe maybe after that i will move on to something like chinese or russian but it's mm. it's really hard man it's it's complicated especially yeah, are like the pronunciation statistics things where how much how many hours you need to invest to get on a certain level and like yeah. if you're already like european guy or something then uh russian will take you basically twice the amount to get on the basic uh, colloquial level yes <laughs> it's it's really complicated but it sounds I know m not most people would say that, but to me, Russian sounds, I don't know, low-key romantic. It's strange, but I... <laughs> it's, people would say that about French. <laughs> yeah, no, French, French of course. Yeah, French, of course, Italian, all that stuff. But to me, Russian is, is just low-key romantic. I don't know. It's. I mean, generally, when we think about Russians, and especially like in TV shows and everything, the Russian guys are always the bad guys, and you know they sound very aggressive. <laughs> Politics and <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and they're sort of yeah very aggressive always, and um, you know the language is is pretty. Yeah, that's kind of part of the Cold War remnants and 
Yeah. East and West conflict. Of, of course. course, the Russians are the bad guys for our Western society. Of course. And I think that's why yeah. it's probably sort of strange to say Russian sounds somewhat romantic. Yes. But <laughs> um, I, don't I was also me. tripping about, the, about that. But <laughs> to me, it is. Over that, I mean. Maybe it's also the aspect that um, you might, my mother's Romanian, obviously, but she uh, grew up in uh, Moldavia. I think that's the word mm. in English. And Moldavia, yes. And yeah, they have a, it's a sort of Romanian accent um, mixed with Russian. So when you hear uh, someone who's Romanian talking in a Moldavic accent, it sounds Russian. And my my grandma actually sort of forced uh, my mother and you know her siblings to learn again like the formal Romanian, like in Germany, not the Bavarian accent, but the formal German. And for them, it was the same, just with the sort of Moldavic accent, because mm -hmm. it it was heavily influenced by uh, Russian and has a lot of Russian words. And maybe it stems from that, you know. In Romania, still a lot of people have have this accent and and use it, and maybe I'm sort of used to how it sounds, and that's why Russian to me sounds a little bit more familiar <laughs> than to <laughs> most Americans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, Russian is hard. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, that's also kind of what. I, I really enjoy about it. It's, it's kind of you're up for a challenge there, yeah. learning something that you're not used to, not the basic uh, like sentence structure that you have. And maybe that, uh, at least for me, it's like that gives me a lot of motivation because if something is hard, um, you really kind of grow if you tackle that problem or Definitely. that challenge. Yes, but I think it's it's very very difficult to get yourself to do those hard things like learning a new language learning a new skill and you choose something you know deliberately that you know is hard and then forcing yourself to be consistent at it while improving that and learning it, hard, it, yes. it makes it very hard i think um what you know university is amazing for is sort of this accountability aspect you don't really have mm. a choice It's not about, <laughs> oh, I want to study physics now, but man, I, I really want to watch Netflix. It's just not an option. It's like you have to <laughs> you get it You can totally done. forget about that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Especially it's like, if you're like preparing for exams. Yeah, it's, mm. it's just this amazing accountability machine system, whatever, where you can't really yes, that's, cheat. That's like the biggest advantage uh, of university yes. and also um, maybe of learning a language if you're... Um, if that that basically teaches uh, yeah teaches you how to how to learn yourself how to learn a topic yourself and that's yes. the most valuable skill that you can have because with that you can take any book and realize its principles yeah definitely. take it over into your life and stuff. So. I think Elon Which, Musk also also said something like that the university is very good for accountability you know for yeah. learning to do your chores and all that stuff and it's great But I think the best ability you can have, not only, you know, for the job market, but just for you as a person is to know how to learn stuff by yourself, you know, and oh, how yes. to teach yourself. Because at the end of the day, 
university is great and having a degree you know, you need it in most countries and for most jobs um but having the ability to teach yourself and you know somebody puts you in a certain position and you know maybe 20 percent from university <laughs> oh, yes. and all the other stuff you just have to have the ability to be not only to have the ability to learn it but to learn it quick because the market mm, is just moving constantly yes and yeah, yeah especially nowadays I think it's yeah, going to be interesting. The, the higher you want to move up or the higher you move up, you the more you need that skill. Definitely. I, I think it's going to be interesting um, how... Maybe you can do an episode on that, how the pandemic uh, will influence sort of this whole education system and university mm. and all this stuff. Because there are a lot of entrepreneurs I follow who say like, especially now with the pandemic... Um, it's probably going to be very hard for non-prestige universities to keep being relevant in society. I'm talking mm -hmm. apart from Ivy League and, you know, uh, Hong Kong and Singapore and all those great international universities. I think it's going to be very hard <laughs> to, men, to keep out. Two men, <laughs> of course. Um, it's, it's, I think, an interesting topic we can talk about one day. Sure, yeah, sounds interesting to me. Um, we have already been talking for an hour, <laughs> yes. and we actually still wanted to get like from the spoken word to, to the written word. So maybe I'd suggest that we kind of split off this episode yep. into a second part here and continue with reading and the benefits of reading books and whatever comes with that in the uh, second part of our episode. Definitely. It's been it's been a great talk, as always. Very insightful. Oh, I hope for you guys, for all the people listening as well, I hope you could take something from it, maybe learn something, maybe gain new motivation yes. to learn to learn Russian. <laughs> yeah, maybe the most important part you can take away from this episode is if you really want to do something or if you really admire something and you're in for like the challenge of doing it then fucking do it now because <laughs> you don't want to be that old guy that said oh i want i i always wanted to learn the piano but now it's too late which by the way isn't all, also isn't true but be it's best to start now because then you will have your results as early as possible definitely before you die maybe even <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're not yes. guaranteeing anything but yeah it's, mm. there was a, a great sort of finishing sentence and yeah. so yeah, guys we're gonna uh, do a i'd say be sure be sure to follow us to subscribe or maybe if you're from duolingo maybe offer us a sponsorship sponsorship <laughs> <laughs> and yeah th thanks for listening and we'd really uh have to love we'd really love to have you back on our uh, next episode or on part two so see you next time bye bye <laughs>